Welcome to the Australian Digital Health Agency podcast, supporting health professionals to realise a healthier future for Australians through connected healthcare. Hello, I'm Donna Alexander, a cybersecurity professional at the Australian Digital Health Agency. In this month's podcast, we will be exploring phishing and how it can affect you as someone who works in healthcare. Before we begin, I would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we are broadcasting from and on which you are listening. I wish to acknowledge their continuing connection to land, seeing community, and I pay my respects to them and to elders past, present and emerging, and extend the respect to any Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples joining us today. Today, I'm speaking to two people working in healthcare about the practical steps they follow to prevent inadvertently sharing health information. It's my pleasure to introduce Ben Wilkins and Dr. Jaffley Chen. Ben, could you introduce yourself to our audience and tell us why uh, you have particular interest in in, uh, the topic of fishing? Thanks, Donna. My name's Ben Wilkins and I'm a pharmacist. Uh, Amongst many of my roles, I'm a clinical reference lead for the agency. That's also given me an opportunity to contribute to the e-learning modules on uh, cybersecurity. Uh, We're available on the agency's website and a terrific resource. My interest in this area really has expanded in recent times because of the vast increase in activity that's been occurring with phishing incidents. Uh, There's a report from last year, 2019, which suggests more than 80% of businesses have had incidences, uh, and we know a lot of those have actually occurred in the health sector. Additionally, the privacy amendments in 2017 piqued uh, my interest. Uh, There's specific legislative requirements which all organisations need to be aware of and have procedures in place to remedy it. Uh, if there is a breach. Uh, So those implications are quite significant and I think we all need to be on top of the safety and security requirements uh, that phishing problems can present. Thanks, Ben. And Jaffley, would you like to introduce yourself and uh, tell us why you feel this topic so important? Yeah, thanks, Donna. Pleasure to be here. My background is in medicine. I'm a doctor in Tamworth at the moment, working as the clinical director of the Tamworth Respiratory Clinic. I've also been a clinical reference lead at the agency for a year and a bit now. And my my background and interest in fishing comes from basically seeing myself and a few of my colleagues almost get duped in the past. Um, by some of these sometimes very convincing scams and wanting to actually make sure that knowing how important digital health is and how how important it will be in the future, making sure that we are promoting a safe environment. Thanks for that, Jaffley. So what is phishing? Phishing is a scam that involves criminals sending messages that try to pass as a message from a legitimate organisation or people you trust, often with the aim of stealing your information and identity for financial gain. Phishing targets hundreds of millions of organisations every day. The messages often include a link to a bogus website that captures personal information. Sometimes the messages contain a malicious attachment and if you were to open that attachment, a virus or other malicious software could be loaded onto your device. Phishing is one of the most prevalent online threats that we face in healthcare. 
The healthcare industry is a particularly attractive target as its systems contain valuable personal health information, such as Medicare numbers, dates of birth, and full names. These types of details can be used for identity theft and enable the establishment of loans or credit cards in another person's name. It's therefore vitally important that all healthcare providers understand that protecting a patient's health information is partly their responsibility too. Fortunately, many phishing attempts share common characteristics, and today we will explore some of the ways to identify a phishing attempt and protect healthcare information. So, Ben, why is it so important to identify a phishing attack before it occurs? Don Wright, because it has so many implications, uh, it's and they all often look very genuine uh, because they often copy the the format of something that looks authentic. Uh, it's really important to really be aware to look for the signs for, like you said, the bogus or the fake website link, um, and the implications often flow onto the financial loss. Uh, and the significant amount of time that it takes often to remedy it. Uh, and Jaffley introduced earlier, it's, um, you know, prevention's better than cure. And really, if it's too good to be true, it probably is. So picking it up early stops these downstream consequences, um, which are really quite painful. Thanks, Ben. So, um yeah, certainly the uh, cost from breaches from activities like phishing are high, both financially and the, the time it takes to remedy the situation. Jaffley, what have you seen or heard about phishing attempts in your organisation? I do have a personal story of when I was an intern at the World Health Organisation and yeah, the, these kinds of organisations are very cognizant of the importance that of the importance of actually being on top of things like phishing and they run semi-regular actually quite regular kind of internal attacks just to kind of stress test their system and make sure that their efforts at upgrading their staff have become or are, are working as intended and you know, obviously they don't tell anyone that this is happening but I remember a time when you know people who are working there are obviously very busy and one of these fake attacks went out and it, it looked very it looked very real it looked like it was an official email that had come from the world health organization it was just something that staff was getting and i not knowing any better clicked clicked on the link and the next day i got an email saying haha you've been duped this was a simulated phishing attack and you unfortunately clicked on the email um here are some resources to, you know, better identify um, the, the, the signs that you should have been looking for next time. And that was a real eye-opener to me because I, coming from, you know, born, born in the, the 90s, thought I was pretty good when it came to technology. And if it, even I can get gypped, you know, anyone can get gypped. And that's why it's important to continue to stay on top of what has been changing in this space and what kind of attacks are going out. And there are obviously a lot of online resources which we can dive into a little bit later on actually keeping up to date with some of the recent attacks that have occurred. Thanks, Jaffley. You raised some really interesting points there and I, I think it is really important to recognise that we can all um, accidentally click on one of these uh, malicious links. So, Ben, how do you manage that risk of, of someone uh, in your organisation clicking on one of these malicious messages? 
Donna, just before I dive into that, I just want to differentiate that emails, which is what you're referring to with the clicks, has become very predominant as a phishing mechanism in 2020. Uh, they're almost 50% of phishing activity now, whereas last year it was 25% and predominantly via phone and text. Uh, so there's been a real change, I think, how cyber criminals are approaching um, maliciously trying to get people's details and finances and, and essentially defrauding them. Uh, I'll point out that health is the number one a sector that's affected and particularly in COVID times, there's probably been, well, one of the reports suggests that there's been an attack every 14 seconds and small businesses in health often don't have the right protection. So really there's two components to prevent it as you asked uh, that I see. And one of them is actually getting your, your security and protection sorted in your back office. Uh, and the other is upskilling your staff through cybersecurity awareness training. Uh, the back office really is the device security and firewall protection, and it's much more than just antiviral protection. Uh, and trying to stop any intrusions uh, through the server, um, because those the ransomware and the hacking really is what exposes people. In terms of upskilling the staff, it, it really is those simple messages. Uh, think before you click, uh, double check uh, the websites, make sure it's an authentic email because they're very genuine and sometimes quite difficult to pick. And that's where the agency has really helped with the training, at, uh, which the e-learning cybersecurity awareness is, is an excellent resource for all health practitioners and their staff, uh, just to be aware and have the right knowledge to uh, protect themselves and also to, to protect the organisation. Thanks, Ben. Uh, there's some really great pieces of uh, advice there uh, for our listeners. So, Jaffley, um, have you got anything to add there in, in reducing that risk of, of someone in the organisation clicking on one of these fishy links? All right, yeah, so I think Ben's definitely hit the nail on the head when it comes to there needing to be a multi-pronged strategy for how do we tackle this now and into the future. In terms of upscaling our staff, there definitely needs to be a recognition that there is a wide gamut of the different styles of phishing attacks. You have the really poorly formatted, grammatically incorrect and odd email address, kind of gibberish, just random letters and numbers, um, attacks that are basically pandering to the lowest common denominator. And they're definitely the ones that are looking for people who just don't take that step back and think before they click. But on the other hand, you have the phishing attacks that are very well formatted. They uh, on a, look like they're on official letterheads. They have all the right kind of terms and conditions or, you know, small print at the bottom and they're very well written. And those are the ones that are a bit, bit more targeted. They're being sent to the people within an organization that have the power to make, uh, I guess, big things happen. And those are the ones where it's almost especially important to make sure that if you're not sure whether this is a legitimate email, that you talk to your colleagues or talk to your manager and figure out whether this was actually officially sent. And especially especially in this world where it's easy to just pick up a phone and call someone. I think if you're not sure, 
then the, I guess, quote unquote official person within an organization is only a phone call away. Can you actually just say, did your you know, bank or whatever actually send this email to me? I just wanted to check. And I think another really important thing to think about is that these, orga these organizations that already have your details are very unlikely to be asking you for your details again, right? They're not going to be asking you to send your password over because they, if, you, if you've forgotten it, for example, they'll send you a link to reset it. If they need to verify your identity, they'll call you most often than not. So I think it's some of these common sense things that we in our busy lives tend to get sometimes. Um, those are the kinds of things that are really important to actually reiterate over time and have your organization set up those kinds of stress tests that I was mentioning with the World Health Organization to make sure that you know if there are members of your team which maybe haven't had a chance to kind of retest their skills in this area, to actually have that opportunity before a real attack happens. Thanks, Jeff Lee. Some really good advice there and some th simple things um, that we can all do to avoid clicking on these scam emails or other types of messages. Are there also some simple things that you can do to protect yourself from a phishing attempt? The sorts of things that appear in a message that might indicate to you that it's not quite right. Ben, what's your advice there? Thanks, Donna. I think the messages have changed a lot. It, for instance, in an email that used to often have a header, a dear valued customer, they've got more sophisticated and they'll often say dear a specific name uh, and probably the tricks to look for are the, uh, if it's urgent uh, and that, that creates a sense of concern and you click on the wrong thing quite easily, but often you it's good to hover over the hyperlink and just double check that website. Sometimes it's smart to go to your browser and actually type in that website rather than just clicking on the link. And it's because those links contain often the viruses uh, that can infect your, your computer. So it's often good just to have a double check and slow down. Uh, the other and, and that's really happening more now with text messages and social media as well. Um, so I know in pharmacy, they're often increasing their presence on communicating to uh, patients and that's often coming back. There's often, uh, even in the mobile apps, it's starting to come as well. So it's not just emails. Uh, and uh, probably it's the big organisations that have been the target, you know, the, the Apples, the Facebooks, the PayPals, the Amazon, if they're in there, uh, you really don't want to be releasing passwords and personal details and financial information. So they're the tricks to look out for. And you want to marry up that the, uh, the website and the email addresses are definitely authentic. So it's good to know uh, the person uh, that it's come from. Uh, and if you don't know, probably don't click. Thanks, Ben. I think um, that that whole philosophy of just stop and think before you click and then confirm if you feel unsure um, is, is really important. If you do click on one of these links or respond to one of these requests for information, um, what should you do? Jeff Lee, um, what's your experience here? That is, and that is a really good question that 
the, the damage can be um, limited if you, know, you, you realize that this has happened and then you report it to the relevant authorities or to the managers um, within your organization and the right processes and policies are implemented quickly. We've got lots of resources out there um, now. For example, like ID Care as an organization has a cyber first aid kit. Um, and you can also follow on um, ScamWatch to see what kind of phishing attacks have been reported recently and actually report your own. Fish, these phishing attacks happen to a lot of people and, and a lot of people do unfortunately fall victim. And as long as it's, it's, got, it, it's up, I guess, um, escalated to the, to the right people, instead of being hidden away and, and, and allowed to allow, I guess, the bridge to grow, then the damage can be limited. Good advice, Jeffley. It, it is important to share this information um, with colleagues to prevent them falling for the same scam. Ben, what advice do you have uh, for people that might accidentally click on one of these links? Donna, I think it's really important to have some policies in place so that people know what the next steps are. You definitely do not want to hide the fact that you might have clicked on the wrong thing or provided some information um, because there's a massive risk for any organisation uh, and you really need to follow the policies. The first place I often suggest for pharmacies to go is the Office of the Australian Information Commissioner because they've actually got some steps there that can inform your policy. One of the other uh, areas I think that's pretty relevant is to subscribe to ScamWatch. Uh, really interestingly, last year, there were two to 3,000 scams reported a month to ScamWatch, and they can really keep you informed uh, so that you can be on the front foot. Uh, and look, a lot of that outlines the financial implications, which all businesses want to avoid, of course. Uh, so I think there's a number of resources through the Australian Cybersecurity Centre as well, but uh, uh, your policies in place are quite important so that you can implement those and protect the data in any way possible. Thanks, Ben. There certainly are a number of resources out there that our listeners can um, access. Jaffley, what have you come across that you found uh, helpful should you accidentally click on uh, on a link and, and experience a phishing incident? When, when this has happened in the past, the first thing um, that most people do, um, well, honestly, to, to not even realise, right? That's how these attacks kind of um, happen. But <clears throat> I think when we, it, it is it is identified, the, the first things you can do are to... Um, We've already mentioned things like ScamWatch and see if it's already been reported in the past, um, but also to report that incident um, on official websites such as cyber.gov.au. There's multiple ways that um, you can make sure that other people aren't going to fall victim to the same kind of scams. And whether that's more local in that you're reporting within your organization and bringing up that hierarchy or trying to tackle this from a larger scale by reporting it to the government. Um, it's, it, it's important to make sure that, you know, you've identified where that breach has happened because obviously we, come, we can come through multiple phishing attacks in a day um, that uh, attack multiple different accounts. Um, but once you've identified where that's actually happened, even something as simple as changing the password uh, of the account that's affected as soon as possible is a way to, to limit that um, damage. Good advice. Thanks, Jeffley. 
So phishing is one of the most frustrating online threats that we face in healthcare, and the healthcare industry is particularly attractive target as systems can contain valuable personal health information. It is a real challenge for people working in healthcare. It's a busy and time-critical environment, and when we're rushed or distracted, it can be easier to miss the signs that a, a message might be a phishing attempt. Now, we've talked about simple ways you can educate everyone in your organisation to be vigilant, to check email addresses, question urgent requests and confirm them with the person that sent you that message. Just keep an eye out for changes in bank account details or requests for information that you know that organisation already has. Be really mindful with links. Sometimes it's worth actually manually typing them into a new page rather than clicking on that link directly. And I think the concept of, of think before you click is a really important one um, just to slow down and, and try and avoid um, falling for one of these scams. However, if you do, uh, don't panic. There are many things you can do. Healthcare providers do have obligations to report these things to the Office of the Australian Information Commissioner. They also offer support and guidance should you click on one of these links. You can subscribe to free alerts from ScamWatch and the Australian Cyber Security Centre. They've also got the latest information on what the current types of scams that are doing the rounds uh, are out there. There's also another great organisation called ID Care for victims of cybercrime who may have experienced something like identity theft. We really encourage people to report all incidents um, on the cyber.gov.au website. There's an online reporting facility there. And by sharing this information, you are helping other people uh, by not falling victim to the same scam. However, prevention is always better than the cure and the agency does have a number of additional resources that will support you in identifying and preventing phishing incidents. You can visit training.digitalhealth.gov.au for free online training on phishing and other cybersecurity related threats. Thank you so much, Ben and Jaffley, for joining me today. And thank you to everyone listening. We look forward to speaking to you again next month as we continue to explore cybersecurity in healthcare. 